today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Another bad loss for the Ducks. And where are we on bringing fans back to the Ponda? We'll talk about that on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? It's a new week of the podcast. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. A reminder, you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Also, make sure to rate, comment, subscribe if you have not already. And also, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. And my personal Twitter is at StimpyJD. All right, so let's get right into this. Saturday was not good for the Ducks. It was it was bad. Really, really bad against the Arizona Coyotes. And for the goals against their counterparts, the Roadrunners too. But we'll talk about that later on in the week. Oy, it was bad all around. Before we get started, this show is brought to you by the Locker Room app. Download it on the Apple App Store. It is the online forum where you can play along. And hey, I had an online, I guess, watch party over the week. So definitely check out the Locker Room app on the Apple Store. Uh, Just this past Saturday, I had a watch party of sorts, although it turned really bad with both the goals and Ducks playing against Arizona teams. Both of them were losing big when I was hosting this party, so it kind of turned into just me talking with a few people. And those of you that came on, thank you so much. We did cover a multitude of topics. One of those I am going to talk about today. So let's get right into what the heck happened on Saturday. It, it was bad all around. Uh, Derek Broussard happened. He He happened. In the first period, he scored one early on with a Jacob Chikrin assist. That one was a bad goal to give up. That one's kind of on Ryan Miller. He wanted that one back. Then Chikrin scored himself on what can only be described as one of the worst turnovers I've seen in a long time. That made it 2-0 Arizona. Then Derek Broussard, guess what he did? He scored in the power play. That made it 3-0. Then he completed the hat trick in the second period, making it 4-0 it was later 5-0. Anaheim did score. Zegris did get a point. So there is some good news. Zegris got an assist on that one. That's points in three consecutive games now. Henrique's ninth of the season, which ties the team lead. Yeah, when you tie the team lead with nine goals and you're this far into the season, you know it's a bad look. So that was the final score, 5-1. to one, And that one goal came so late in the game that they didn't even really celebrate because... Oh, it's 5-1, to one, only 5 minutes left. What's going to happen now? Absolutely nothing. I mean, you could say whatever you want about this Ducks team, that they're in tank mode, that they're just waiting for the season to end. I, I don't want to believe that anybody is truly tanking because I, I've never been a fan of tanking. You go out there and you play the game, you play the full 60 minutes no matter what. The Ducks just don't have the personnel to compete with some of these other teams in the division. Arizona, I mean, they've had a tough time with Arizona this season in general. They've not played well against Arizona. They've played well against San Jose at times. They've played okay against LA. They've even played okay against St. Louis. They've played well against Colorado for most of the season, except for the last game. But when you have a division that's Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota, St. Louis, LA, who's doing better now... Arizona and San Jose, and San Jose's even doing okay, then you know you're going to have a bad record. You know it. I mean, I said this way back in November and December. When you have those teams, you need to 
focus on getting that top three pick. Maybe not so much tank, but at least play it out. There were times on that game Saturday where it looked like they weren't skating hard. And that's really disheartening to see. Maybe it is that. I'm not going to say the word again, but maybe it is that. I mean, at least Dallas Eakins is letting the kids play, and he let them play a little bit later on. And honestly, the kids did okay for the most part. It was the other guys that were having a hard time with it. Hutton had some terrible defensive lapses. Yanni Hockenbaugh had one of his worst outings as an Anaheim Duck all season long. And that is a shame because Hockenbaugh had been doing well up until maybe three, three and a half weeks ago. He looked lost out there. He looked really bad on defense and offense. Uh, Neutral zone, he could not get anything going at all on Saturday. So the Ducks are now 32 games in. They only have, what what do we have left? 24 games? Is that really it? Yeah, that makes sense. 8 times 7, 56. Yeah, 24 more games for the Ducks. They are past the halfway mark. And they are well behind the pace to make the playoffs. Uh, Looking at the playoff projections from ineffective math, they have a less than 1% chance of making the playoffs. Less than 1%. That's it. St. Louis is way up there. So is Minnesota, Colorado, Vegas. The Kings are streaking a little bit. The Kings have done better as of recent, even winning their last game. So... I look at this Ducks team and I wonder where they're going or what they're trying to accomplish. It still doesn't look good, folks. So I, I, I don't think they're tanking. I like I don't think they're actually trying to tank. But to some fans, and four times, it appears that they're not skating as hard as they did earlier in the season where they're just kind of going through the motions, realizing there's only 24 games left in the season. What else are we going to do? And then you have the Jamie Drysdale situation, where he's only played a couple games so far. And what are the Ducks going to do? Are they going to let him play out the rest of the season? Are they going to take that contract on for this season, kind of similar to Zegris? Or are they going to send him down in about four or five games, and see if he sticks around with San Diego or goes back to Ontario. We still don't know what exactly is going on with the OHL. Uh, we're hearing rumor upon rumor upon how how it's going to start, how it's going to play out. We don't know how that's going to play out, to be quite honest. All right, we are going to head into the first intermission rather quickly. And when we come back, uh, we'll talk for another minute about Saturday's game. Also, we'll talk about the question that's on a lot of fans' minds. Are fans going to be able to watch their home teams in Southern California? And we will get to that on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that last game on Saturday where it appeared like the Ducks just... I don't know what happened. The shot attempts were fairly even as far as even strength goes. Overall, the Coyotes only out-attempted the Ducks by four. And this was a low shooting count. Only 44-40 to in even strength. Overall, it was 50-49 to in favor of the Coyotes. That's it. The Ducks only had one less shot attempt overall. 
Although in the first period it was 14 to 5 shots in favor of the Coyotes, and that's really what happened. It was just that first period where the Ducks did not look good at all. That power play goal came only a few seconds into that power play. And that was the Coyotes' first power play of the game. And the Ducks just looked awful in it. It was 14 to 5 shots on goal that first period. And the attempts were completely one-sided. The third period is where the Ducks really tried to come back and just got shot after shot after shot. Kind of pumping up those stats a little bit. But they were not quality shots. In fact, a lot of them were from the point. There was a ton of shots from that left point. In fact, that's where um, the Ducks actually had a lot of their shots. And they had quite a few shots from the slots, for what it's worth. But that was really it. Nothing super up close. The high danger chances, there were only eight for the Ducks. But there were only nine for the Coyotes. But Ryan Miller did not look good in net. Uh, He allowed all five of those goals. His save percentage right now is something to be desired. Uh, The 40-year-old netminder, look, he's on his last legs here. Ryan Miller is a fantastic career goalie. This was also anti Ranta playing a very good game. He had a couple of mind-blowing saves that I kind of sat back and said, wow, Ranta's really, he's really on one. He's doing his job very well. Ryan Miller, he allowed those three goals in the first period, and then he was pulled for Anthony Stolarz. Stolarz not making many appearances this season, but it was good to see Stoli get out there, although that first goal he gave up, Right away in the second period, I said, oh boy, first shot, there's the hat trick for Derek Broussard. That's when I knew it was going to be bad. So Stolarz did not have the best of games there, but that's okay. Ryan Miller this season, this season only has an 877 save percentage and a 366 goals against. The 366, that's not good, but the 877 save percentage, that's really not good. That's not a good look for any goaltender in the National Hockey League. So there you go. Just wanted to get that out there. All right. So there has been a question that has been asked a little bit more, and this has been asked uh, over the weekend a couple times. And the reason that we're seeing this question pop up more is because more stuff is opening up here in Southern California. More restaurants are opening up. Uh, We finally had indoor dining in Southern California this week. And we're seeing more NHL arenas take in fans in fact as far as i know last time i checked there was less than 10 teams in the national hockey league that were still not allowing fans that means we're uh, we're at over 20 teams that either have fans or currently have some kind of plan going forward to have fans in the stands at some point in the 2021 season so now this begs the question We're in Southern California. We know it's very restrictive here. But when could we possibly have fans in NHL games in SoCal this season? Well, let's be honest here. The Ducks are not making the playoffs. So if they were going to have fans, it's going to be for a few games. And that is it. As far as the LA Kings are concerned, they definitely want fans. They're doing better. They're trying to make a playoff push. The Kings believe that they can make the playoffs because of how close they are. Part of this might have to do with counties. Orange County won't be as restrictive. They would probably more likely have fans in Orange County than they would in L.A. County because L.A. County is in the most restrictive stage. And then I look at this. Staples Center. 
there's two other tenants in Staples Center. You have the Lakers and the Clippers. Guess what? Both of those teams are doing fairly well. In fact, both of those teams are in a playoff race. And Staples Center definitely wants fans inside Staples Center for this playoff run that they're having. So if you're the Kings, you're going, well, wait a minute. Why can the Lakers and Clippers have fans, but we can't? Again, this is just conjecture at this point. Nothing is confirmed yet, but this is just what I'm kind of hearing in the grapevine. That the Lakers and Clippers are looking to have fans later on for the sole reason, and you you know this is why. They want fans in there because they want to at least make some kind of money this season knowing how well both those teams are doing. Although I will say it's good that the Lakers don't have fans for the next few weeks because LeBron James is out, Anthony Davis is out. Who wants to watch this ragtag group of Lakers? I mean, I know I do, personally. I still would. But the majority of fans want to see LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So it's probably a blessing in disguise that there's no fans right now. But think about when you have games in mid-April, late April, especially for LA. They're going to want fans there when both of those guys are back. As far as the Ducks, look, they're not going to sell out games against Arizona, which is coming up in a couple weeks. They, they might sell out against Colorado. They are looking at games against Vegas. Vegas is always a big draw. And they're especially looking at the games against the LA Kings. The LA Kings come to the Ponza April 30th and May 1st. Hey, if they can get fans for just those two games, they'll sell out easily because they'll have the Ducks fans that want to go, but then they'll have the Kings fans that swipe up the rest of the tickets. So you know they'll at least sell something. And then you have the three games against Vegas, April 16th, 18th, and 24th. But that's only five games. Is it worth it to open up the arena for only five home games? Yes, they have a slew of home games coming up right now. They have the game against, well, they had games against Arizona recently. They have a long road trip starting tonight. They have a road trip starting against the Minnesota Wild. They have a game against Minnesota tonight and a game against Minnesota on Wednesday. Then they're going to St. Louis for two games on the 26th and 28th. Then they have that game against Colorado on the 29th, that random game that they have to make up somehow in the schedule. So that is not an easy five-game road trip. In fact, this is definitely a road trip that can break the Ducks. This can really break their record this season. Yes, the schedule gets a lot easier in April, but by that point, when you have that many losses piling up, you got to think about trading people, but that's another show for another day. Then after that, you have a couple road game home games here and there. But again, only five home games after April 11th. Is it worth it? Maybe the Ducks would say yes. Maybe they'd say no. I'm not sure if they're going to allow fans or not, to be honest. All right, we'll talk more about this on the third segment. But first, let's talk about betonline.ag, which is the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And hey, they have March Madness going on. And how many of you had Loyola Chicago winning yesterday? How many of you saw that coming? I'll admit, I actually had them on my bracket. I had the upset with Loyola Chicago. So my bracket did well in that regard. Uh, not so well in other teams or other divisions, but we won't go there. So if you want to check out all the March Madness for online betting, go to betonline.ag. And in your first deposit, 
Use promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus. Once again, that is betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network, and please gamble responsibly. All right, we'll be back after the second intermission. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land. And folks, it is the Built Bar Bracket Madness 2021. We are currently in the sweetest 16. If you go there today, today's matchup is coconut versus white chocolate birthday cake. And on a personal note, thank you to Built Bar for sending over some more Built Bars. I like the white chocolate birthday cake a lot. You will too. So head over to Built Bar right now. Check out the Built Bar Bracket. It is the sweetest 16. Today is white chocolate birthday cake versus coconut. Tomorrow's matchup. Coconut brownie chunk versus lemon almond cheesecake. Both delicious flavors. So head over to Built Bar right now. Check out the bracket. And while you're there, buy some Built Bar. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar in the land. All right. So I kind of had like a little bit of misinformation there. There are, in fact, most teams having fans back. And I said there was about a dozen teams that are not allowing fans. As of right now, there's about more than half that are currently allowing fans. Currently, as of March 22nd. I say this because starting tomorrow, TD Garden in Boston will be allowing fans once again at 12% capacity or 2,108 fans. That is starting with tomorrow's game at Boston. So that's going to be our first time over there. Buffalo recently had fans brought back. Same with Detroit. And I'll give some of the details. Uh, The arena allowing the most fans right now, to nobody's surprise, is Dallas. And to absolutely no one's surprise, they are the only arena allowing more than 25% capacity. Hmm. Big shock there. They're in Texas. As of right now, Canada will be playing it safe. They will not be having any fans this season. That's just Canada. As far as the U.S., there are some teams that will soon be allowing fans. One of those is the Colorado Avalanche beginning on April 2nd. They'll be allowing 4,050 fans into their building. Once again, that is starting April 2nd at the Ball Arena. Make fun of that arena name as much as you would like. So that's taking place in Colorado. Then we head over to Pennsylvania. And this is a hat tip to Hunter Hodes from Locked on Penguins, who let me know that they're going to start having fans at their arena. They're going to be at 15% capacity. They will soon allow almost 5,000 fans, 25%. They're hoping to have 25% at some point in mid-April. So that's what's going on in Pennsylvania as far as uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, The Flyers, they're going to be allowing fans as well. They're at about 3,000 fans per home game. And they may have about 5,000 fans in early to mid-April. So that's in Pennsylvania. As far as other teams... The Minnesota Wild will start having fans, well, more than 40 season ticket holders, starting Monday, April 5th. Once again, that is starting up Monday, April 5th. 
they're going to allow 3,000 fans back to the Excel Energy Center. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, the Ducks are playing there tonight, but who wants to see the Ducks versus the Minnesota Wilds? In fact, who wants to watch the Ducks right now? They're in last place. That might have something to do with what I'm about to say in a minute. So Minnesota, 3,000 fans, April 5th. Then we go to a couple of other teams that I have not mentioned yet. The Washington Capitals, they submitted a request, but there is no return date set in stone. There's a couple other teams that I have not mentioned, and one of those is the Chicago Blackhawks. The Blackhawks currently have no concrete plans. However, and this is a hat tip to the Parkins and Spiegel show, it's been reported that they could welcome fans back at 10 to 15% capacity beginning in mid-April. And this is pending approval from the city. So if that happens, if Chicago does allow fans back, and by my count, I'm looking at the USA teams here, uh, Washington still has no concrete date yet. So Washington is one team that has no plans yet. San Jose. The Kings. Oh, and the Ducks. Four teams. Four teams in the U.S. have no concrete plans to have fans back. The one in D.C. and all three in California. But this is going to something that I was going to mention before. All three California teams are kind of in the doldrums as far as where their standings are. Who wants to watch these teams? The Sharks are second to last place. The Ducks are in last place. If, if they allow fans, and this is a big if, the earliest that they could possibly come back would be mid-April. And like I mentioned before, the Ducks would only have five home games left. So that begs the question, is it worth it? No, seriously, ask yourselves that question. I'm not going to get into too much of a rant, but is it really worth it for just five games to watch the Ducks play Vegas, to get slaughtered by Vegas, and then to see the Ducks play the LA Kings. I mean, it'd be worth it there because that's a rivalry game. But seriously ask yourselves if it's really worth it. Do you want to spend all your hard-earned money on this team? I've seen the comments out there on Twitter, on Facebook, like all the socials. Ducks fans, Some of them saying, we don't want to spend any more money on this team if they're not going to fire their coach or the GM or whatever. I get that. You don't want to spend the money. But don't you think it would be great for the players' psyche to at least have their fans behind them for a few games? So there's two sides to every story. Yes, you want to remain safe. Is it worth it? Is it worth it for the players? The players would love to have the fans back, but we don't know if that's going to happen or not. And we don't know if it's worth it. There's just so much to think about. So I will put this out there for a poll over the next couple of days. I'll leave this for a couple of days. So Ducks fans, do you think it is worth it to have fans back in the stands? I'm not saying do you want to come back to the stadium. Because I know most of you want to come back to Honda Center. You want to at least see some live hockey. But the way I'm going to word it, is it worth it? I'm not so sure, but I guess I'll put a poll out there, and I really want to hear your thoughts as to why it is or is not worth it to have fans back, especially for teams that are not going to make the playoffs and for teams in California that are going to have, what, four or five home games, if that. 
So that's where we are on that. Um, once again, thank you all for listening. It is greatly appreciated. Don't forget, there is a game today. The Ducks take on the Minnesota Wild. So be sure to check that out. In the meantime, thank you all so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe if you have not already. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. And uh, just to give a brief, I guess, what's going to happen on Monday. Monday, we're not going to have any electricity here, which is why I'm recording this on a Sunday, hoping to get it up on Monday at some point. But the reason that I had no show last Tuesday was the power went out, uh, Transformer Blue. As of right now, it looks like they're going to be working on that all day Monday. So hopefully it will go up. If it doesn't get up right away, it will get up at some point on Monday. So there you go. All right. Um, also, want to give a quick shout out to Locked on NHL. Sarah Avampado hosts it every week. And Sarah has some of the best guests coming on Locked on NHL. So be sure to check out that podcast. And also, I want to leave with this. Those of you that came to the locker room on over the weekend, thank you all so much. Hopefully you guys can come back. I'm going to do another one on Wednesday. I'm going to do a preview for that afternoon's Ducks Wild game and also do a little bit of live tweeting and also be in the locker room. This will take place Wednesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific time. So for those of you that will happen to be home, and want to hang out for a few minutes, check us out on the Locker Room app, which you can download at the Apple App Store, iOS. So yeah, come hang out with me. Once again, that is Wednesday at 2 p.m. So check that out. All right. Thank you all so much once again for Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the afternoon. Practice social distancing, wear a mask. Be kind to one another. Be kind to Ducks fans. They're going through it. And Ducks fly together.